This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We are killing it online. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on WSJS. We've made it to a Friday drive. It is WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. Some call it a football Friday. We call it a rhinestone cowboy Friday. But whatever you call it, we're glad to have you. However, and wherever you are listening or watching, and we have a lot to do. Let's talk Carolina-Miami. The NFL game. Not the college one this weekend. The Carolina Panthers are two touchdown underdogs against the Dolphins and Here's how they should be viewing Sunday. Run your own race. That's all you want to do. You're 0-5, the only winless team in the NFL. They should approach this game the way Roy Williams approached basketball in the first half of games. Just ignore the score. Don't look at the scoreboard. Apparently, he wouldn't look at the score one time until he's going into halftime and getting the stat sheet when he's walking through the tunnel. Just worry about yourself. Worry about what you need to do. Then you can look up at the scoreboard heading into halftime, and hopefully you're where you need to be or close to it. The Panthers should be primarily concerned about playing a clean game against the Dolphins. And if they do that and simply don't beat themselves, that'll be progress going into the bye, regardless of what the final score says. Bryce Young, he hasn't had a turnover-free game yet. So this isn't an easy thing to do. This won't be easy to accomplish against Miami. Two picks in Atlanta, a key fumble on Monday Night Football against the Saints, that catastrophic fumble against the Vikings, two picks in Detroit last week. Now, to be fair, he hasn't had great protection. We know that. It's a bad offensive line. It's been banged up. Brady Christensen out for the year after the first week. Austin Corbett hasn't returned yet. He's not going to return this week either. Chandler Zavala went down last week. Bryce Young's been sacked 15 times over the first five games. So it's not completely Bryce's fault. We get that. But playing clean isn't just turnovers. It's also penalties too. Carolina is dead last in the NFL in penalties committed per game. 8.2 penalties per game. They had seven in Detroit. They haven't had a game with fewer than six. So here's my challenge to the Panthers. Can you have five or fewer penalties in a game? Again, run your own race. Just take care of yourself. Don't worry about the Dolphins. Try to ignore the score for a bit and play a clean game of football. Let's not turn it over. Let's not beat ourselves. Let's not have more than five penalties in a game. If you do that, I think it could be a competitive football game. However, given what we've seen over the first month of the season, it's unrealistic to expect that's going to happen because... Again, Carolina's offensive line is bad. And Miami has dudes up front. Miami is tied for third in the league in sacks. The injury report, not doing Carolina any favors either. They get Dante Jackson back after missing three-fourths of their secondary last week. They're starting secondary. So that's good, right? Wrong. Von Bell injured at practice. So one guy goes gets returns from the secondary and another guy goes down. Just that type of season for Carolina. Brian Burns, questionable to play. Derek Brown, questionable to play. Miles Sanders, he's out. Six guys are out. Four players are questionable. It's not good. 
The Von Bell piece is a big deal because Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are on the other side. Here is Frank Reich on what Carolina plans to do without Von Bell. No, it's uh, obviously losing a player like Von Bell is a big deal. You know, kind of his leadership, his his playmaking ability, um, confident in our depth. You know, we'll have Sam, you know Sam Franklin will be continue continue to be back there. Matthias Farley will start at the other position, and then obviously Jamie Robinson will be you know be a depth player there as well. So those guys have been getting lots of reps, ready to go. Matthias, who? That's the type of place the Carolina Panthers are at. So the Dolphins, they're going to score. They're probably going to be turnovers because of how bad the O-line is and how Miami can rush the passer and Carolina being on the road. But it can be a lot closer than this if they do play a clean football game. Give me Miami 34, Carolina 17. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, you could tweet the show there. It's also where we're streaming video in addition to YouTube and Twitch. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show. WD, I just realized I like both Miami teams to beat Carolina this weekend. Is that bad? No, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's understandable against the Panthers. I don't, I don't know about that, that Tar Heel game. Though. I'll be in Chapel Hill for that. You'll be at Duke and NC State. I will. Let's move on to baseball very quickly. Darren Vaught, he's going to be joining us. Joining us in just a bit. The Atlanta Braves, they became the latest 100-win team to fall out of the playoffs in the divisional round last night. And full disclosure, I'm still a salty Baltimore Orioles fan. Acknowledging that on the front end. But even with that being the case, these playoff results are not something we should be celebrating right now. And yet, that's all I see. I see... Oh, look at these upsets. America loves an underdog. Please. Everybody, it seems like every professional sports league wants their playoffs to be like March Madness. Look at the randomness and the, all these games and it all leads to this. And March Madness is great. It's the best postseason tournament I believe there is in American sports. However, a misnomer is that we love watching Cinderella pull off all these upsets, and get far into the tournament. I don't think that's true. Now, upsets are great early on, for the same reason it's great to watch American Idol when William Hung is singing Ricky Martin, and ha-ha, he got through. But if he gets to the final four, to the final five, part of you starts wondering, I don't know if I want to hear that guy sing anymore. Look at the ratings. Lowest rated national championship game. Butler playing against UConn. Lowest rated final four, Butler playing VCU that same year. Oh, but we love Cinderella. You know what the highest rated ones are? Duke playing Kentucky. Duke playing Carolina. North Carolina playing Kansas. Hmm, sounds like that people like it when Blue Bloods play each other. It's not good for baseball that the three 100-win teams are all knocked out and the five best records in the sport are knocked out before you even get to the final four. And it's clear that the 100-win teams, the teams that had the buys, were compromised. That's the part that bothers me. They combined for one division win, the five best records in baseball, 1-13. The leading, the four leading National League MVP candidates combined to hit 6-43 of 43 in the playoffs. The Orioles couldn't hit. Seems like that layoff really affected teams offensively. 
The wildcard teams, not so much. And this isn't just a one-off. Last year, the same thing happened. Top two teams in the National League knocked out. Five of the eight by teams this year and last year combined. See, we've only had eight divisional series um, since the, the playoff format changed. Five of the eight won by the wild card team. Not the team that had the bye, not the team that had the better season overall 162-game sample. And what's crazy is, you know what the advantage that you get, they tell you you get when you play in the divisional round is? Well, you get game five on your home field. Not one of the eight series made it to a game five. Not one. So these aren't even close, these series, these wildcard teams winning. Now, am I supposed to believe that's a coincidence? That all these 100-win teams are just frauds when we have this massive sample size that suggests otherwise? Or is it fair to say that this is the playoff format and that something needs to change? Because now we have an LCS with two teams that have won 90 games or fewer playing each other. And you know how many times that's happened in Major League Baseball history? Two teams with 90 wins or fewer in the regular season meeting in an LCS? It's never happened in the history of baseball. Don't tell me it's a good thing. It's not. Nobody wants to watch the D-backs play the, the Rangers in a World Series. It's not what the people want. They want to watch the big dogs play each other. They want to see the Braves. They want to see the Dodgers get there. That's what they want to see, and they're not going to get that. Something has to change. The wild card, maybe you move it back a day. Maybe that solves the problem. Somebody suggested you treat it like Little League, where <laughs> you if the favored wild card team wins the first game, then that's the series, and if the lesser seed wins, then you get a game two that decides everything, kind of like the play-in tournament for the NBA. Whatever it is, something needs to change because this isn't it. The regular season used to matter, and these teams that went 100 games, they used to be rewarded in a way that they're not being rewarded anymore, and I think that they should. I'm so appreciative of our first guest today because I wrongfully assumed, as one of the busiest guys on the planet, that he wasn't already calling NBA games because we're in the preseason. So I thought it'd be a good time to ask him to come on because he's got the call, CBS, Panthers, Dolphins on Sunday. But I was wrong. He's in San Antonio right now getting ready to call Spurs Heat preseason that you can watch tonight on TNT. The great Kevin Harlan is back with us. Kevin, sorry about that, but tell me, how much fun is Victor going to be to follow night in and night out in the NBA? Hey, Josh, great to be on with you. Uh, Wembenyama is going to be, a, a, if he doesn't get injured, he's going to be a story all season long. You know, he's last year we had Chet Holmgren, who's coming out of Gonzaga, and he fractured a foot before the season even began and didn't even play last year for Oklahoma City. And um, he's come back now healthy for the Thunder. And the other night, he and Wembenyama were on the floor at the same time. And Wembenyama uh, is 7-3, and Holmgren is 7-1. And I mean, reading the accounts of the game, people were thinking, like, like, what are we looking at? Like, <laughs> this is so strange. And, you know, in a league that is like a 6-8 uh, size, fly up and down the, the court uh, type of league with sh outside shooting and fast break running and everything else, and now you bring these two guys in. The thing was – both of these guys play like they're six eight and they're over seven foot. So 
Um, it's going to be fun to watch him tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They, somebody wrote the other day that after he had kind of talked to uh, a lot of scouts in the league that if LeBron and Wembenyama were coming out of high school at the same time, that Wembenyama would have been drafted ahead of LeBron. And that's pretty high praise. Then I got to thinking about Sam Bowie of Kentucky being drafted before Michael Jordan. And I said, well, let's wait and see how this story kind of pans out. But Wembenyama is a transformational type player, especially for this San Antonio team that was uh, one of the worst teams in the NBA last year with 22 wins. They've got a Hall of Fame coach in Greg Popovich who has steered great players like Wembenyama in the past, namely David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and uh, five championships ensued. And so he's a pretty good guy to take on this phenom from France under his wing and, and see if he can give it one more shot at, a, at another championship. But everything you hear about Wembenyama is off the charts. Like, you're not going to believe what you're watching. Did you shake his hand? Like, did, he, did his hand drown yours? I'm sorry, you broke up there. Did, Josh, did, did, you did you shake his hand? Like, did his hand, like, dwarf yours? Well, we, we did not talk to him. We only watched him from a distance. Okay. okay. And, uh, and they are very careful with his uh, appearances and his exposure right now. They're, they're, he's had a lot thrown at him, and he's got a lot ahead of him. And I think they're trying to really regulate it. I think our sideline uh, person tonight, Stephanie Reddy, who you know in those parts. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steph uh, may have had a chance to to see him, um, but I'm not. I don't. I don't anticipate that we're going to get many chances to visit. We'll meet. We'll, we'll meet with the head coach tonight, Greg Popovich, before the game, and I'm anxious to hear what he thinks about him. Getting to Sunday, Kevin Harlan's going to be calling Panthers Dolphins. You did your fair share of Colts games when Frank Reich was there and been in production meetings with him. Now you've got him with Carolina visiting Miami. From a Panthers perspective, what's most intriguing about this game? Well, I, if if Young can continue uh, to show what he showed last week, I thought he looked more comfortable last week, and I know the turnovers and the interceptions came back to bite the team, and they got down early. But and they're playing Detroit, by the way, is is a terrific ball club. But um, uh, there there are times when Young is is really impressive, and it's just going to take some time. I mean, there's not a rookie quarterback that has stepped in this league, and had all the answers. Uh, I don't care who you're dealing with. And, and, and that is where he is right now. And he, quite frankly, the line, we know that they've, they've struggled. Um, Adam Thielen is kind of saving him as a receiver. Um, he's got maybe enough firepower in the backfield. But this is a process. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know where Bryce ranked over, over Stroud at Ohio State and who should have been taken first. But there are a lot of people that think that Bryce Young is a terrific quarterback with a, with a you know, very high ceiling and that the perfect guy to take him at this stage is Frank. You know, um, he's, he's had good quarterbacks before. He's been to a Super Bowl and won one with Philadelphia as their offensive coordinator. Um, he's incredibly patient. He's, he's got the right temperament and the right voice. And you need that with a young quarterback as you build to the future. I guess more of the question is, will the organization stay patient with all of this? Are, are, you know, they've had a lot of changes here over the last couple of years, and that is a, that's a recipe for, for some real issues. 
and and kind of staying staying the course might be the best best course of action right now and letting this thing play out and seeing what you've got at this quarterback as you spent so much to get him with draft capital and everything else and you brought in a coach who's good with quarterbacks let's let this thing kind of take seed for a while Kevin Harlan is with us here he's got the right voice after the Spurs game on TNT tonight, Panthers-Dolphins on Sunday, you'll have the radio call Monday Night Football in L.A., Cowboys-Rams, which you could listen to right here on WSJS. On the way out, our buddy Wes Durham has told us about some of the close call stories he had to make, you know, going from a college game to try and make an NFL broadcast. What's the, <laughs> what's the best one you can share for us, share with us, the closest call of you going from one place to another to try and make a game? Um... When I was doing the Minnesota Timberwolves back in the 90s, uh, we lived in Kansas City. My wife is from the South, and we raised our family there. So I would get on a plane literally every day and commute back and forth between Kansas City and Minneapolis. And on the incoming flight, one game to take me from Kansas City to Minneapolis uh, the airplane had a bird strike, and it cracked the windshield of the cockpit. Oh, no. And so the plane was delayed, and the flight was delayed. <clears throat> and I finally got up there uh, about 6.30 for a 7.10 tip. And uh, they had an escort uh, for me. The team had, origin- uh, had organized a, a police <laughs> escort from the Minneapolis airport to downtown we were playing the new york knicks that night and i literally put on the headset and sat in the chair as the ball was being tossed up the game's going on and we hit our first commercial break and i take off the headset and finally say hello to who i'm working with it may have been kevin McHale. and marv albert is about three seats down from me and passes a note and the note as i open it up says glad you could make it so I, uh, so, so that's 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 about the closest I've come. Uh, I, I now listen. Wes is trying to uh, thread, you know, Saturday night games yeah. with early Sunday yeah. starts in the NFL. That's tough. That's very difficult. Yeah, Wes is going to be at Duke on Saturday, and then he's got the Falcons the following day. But I just love the yeah. image of people thinking the president might have been in Minneapolis, but no, it's Kevin Harlan yeah, getting right? a police escort. Yeah, like. Like, can you mention, get out of our way, please. We, we, uh, the broadcaster's got to get to his game. Like, please, this is American television. Scram. Move to the side. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like, when that guy, I literally got off the plane and the cop was standing there at the gate and said, I'm taking you to the game. I said, what? He goes, yep, come on, let's go. And uh, there were two of them, and they walked me through the concourse down there, and I looked at the clock, and it was like 6.32 on my watch. And it took us about 20 minutes to get down there, and then I had to go through all the different ways just to get in the building and got in there, and and, and the ball literally, honest to God, it was being thrown up, and I sat in the seat and put on the headset and said, all right, here we go, the Timberwolves and the Knicks, you know, and, and, that, and that was it. Watch, watch Spurs tonight, uh, Spurs Heat on TNT, Panthers Dolphins Sunday, and the radio call Cowboys Rams. Kevin Harlan, thanks for making the time for us. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, Josh, always great to be out with you, my friend. Take care and look forward to uh, hopefully crossing paths with you in person and not, not over, the, uh, over the phone like this. But thanks for having me on. Always fun. Our high school football game of the week 
Oak Grove at Ledford. And the man who will be calling that in just a few hours from now joins us in studio, Dave Pulaski. What appealed to you about this matchup? I mean, it's tough to go wrong when the two teams are a combined 13 and one on this season, right? You know, Oak Grove coming in at six and one, Ledford seven and zero for a second straight year. And we did this matchup last year in Midway, and it was an atmosphere unlike anything I've experienced as a play-by-play announcer in any sport at just about any level. Really, the, the stands were full, full an hour before kickoff. Wow. So I'm expecting it to be much the same tonight for that matchup. It's a rivalry game, four and a half miles separating the two schools. Didn't take very long for this rivalry to really come about since Oak Grove's literally only six years old at this point, but it's it's come a, f- a long way in a very short period of time. It's crazy to think we're already in mid-October. Yeah. There are only a few more weeks until you get to playoff time. Mm-hmm. Who's shaping up to be some of the best championship contenders we have in the triad? Uh, in the triad, I would put on a top tier. I would have Grimsley and Dudley. Both are undefeated so far uh, this season. They're they're two of f- uh, four remaining undefeated teams in the triad. I would put on that next level below East Forsyth. Uh, I would also throw, um, trying to think of who else, uh, West Forsyth I would throw in that mix as well. Uh, the the Central Piedmont Conference is really just a logjam at the top of the standings because you have a three-way tie for first place. Could very well have it come down to East Forsyth against West Forsyth in the final week of the regular season, another game that we're going to have, by the way. Uh, so I, w- I would put them in that upper tier. I would always put Reedsville, of course, in that in that middle, uh, in that second tier of uh, championship contenders. And uh, there's a whole host of schools in that that are in that third group where if they get the right matchups, they could go on a deep run. We're less than three hours from kick of Ledford Oak Grove. Dave Pulaski here with us. 7.30 kick, 7 o'clock pregame mm-hmm. start. I want to let you in on some of the other conversations we've been having okay. today. Um, this is not salty Orioles fan speaking. Okay. This is somebody who loves baseball and loved baseball even when the Orioles were bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good thing that in this new playoff format, five of the eight teams that received buys and were division winners did not make it to the LCS, and none of those series even made it to five games. Right. None of the teams that won 100 games made it past their first round. I just don't think that's a good thing. Now, I know the Gen Z community and all that will probably tell me, oh, okay, old guy, the regular season and all this history, you think that stuff matters. It's all about the playoffs. This is the thing that matters most. You know, you want the randomness, make everything like March Madness. I'm still of the belief that winning 100 games should get you something Mm -hmm. more than all right, you're going toe-to-toe with a team that won 15 fewer games in a five-game series, and here you go. You get one more home game if you get to a fifth game that hasn't happened the last two years. And didn't we kind of see that coming, though, where baseball is a game of rhythm. You're playing almost literally every day for five months a year, and now you're asking a team to take a week off. And And that really hurts one specific part of the game. We could talk about pitching advantages and stuff like that. And you can do inter-squads and everything like that and try and stay sharp, but, I mean, it's just different. The hitting piece of it. I didn't realize this until Ariel Epstein shared this stat with me. The leading, the four leading in a National League MVP candidates mm-hmm. combined to hit 6 of 43. Wow. 6 of 43 in the playoff games. These guys can't hit. You're gone. You're not playing for a week. They can't hit. The Orioles couldn't hit either, and that was a problem. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. That number is probably a little bit extreme 
I would expect the number to come down a little bit because when you get to the playoffs, you're facing the best pitchers. You're not facing the Rockies' fifth starter No, on a, on a day-in, day-out basis. You're getting the best of the best at this point in the year. So you'd expect the numbers to trend downward at least a little bit, but 6 for 43 is pretty extreme. It is extreme, and I thought about that with Ronald Acuna Jr. at the plate last night with the bases loaded against Philly. It just seems that some... Now, you could say that this is a problem. Is it something that should be changed, though? Should the Have we seen enough, or is the sample too small? I mean, I just don't know how you change the format. Do you make it? Do you make the wild card a one game winner take all again, you know, which which nobody really liked? I, anyway. I brought I brought I brought this up earlier. It was a suggestion that someone gave me last night that I really liked, and it's something I hadn't thought of. How about you bring back the little league format, and you have if the higher seed wins, kind of like we see in the play in tournament with the NBA. Mm-hmm. If the higher seed wins, they advance. If the lower seed wins, they play game two, and it's a two game series for the wild card. So that way it's shorter, it's a longer layoff. You do get an advantage mm-hmm. if you're the higher seed in a wild card series, and that can shorten it a little bit. I suggested moving it from Tuesday to Wednesday so that there's no way you can throw your ace in game two of a series the way that the Rangers were able to in Baltimore. Those are just a couple of things that come to mind. I mean, do we do we do the college baseball regional format to throw four teams into a pool? Oh, and... I don't like pool play. No. Okay. You're a Jet fan. Yeah. Still, I'm looking at Sunday's NFL slate. It doesn't look awesome. We could talk more about that in a bit. But I just have this sneaky suspicion. Two unbeaten teams going on the road. The Eagles going to New York mm-hmm. to face your Jets. The 49ers going from the West Coast to the East Coast to play the Cleveland Browns, who are going to be without Deshaun Watson again. Terrible weather expected in both these games. Yeah. Are the Jets going to be the team that beats an unbeaten team this weekend or at least gives them a scare. You want me to really say yes? I mean, I'm I'm not as a Jets fan. I'm <laughs> I'm just not going to go there. I mean, um the the Jets are 0 13 all time against the Eagles. What? In regular season play. What? I, if I if I pretty sure I'd I saw assume that that's stat all correctly. time. Did they did they ever play in a Super Bowl? No. Okay, so Jets have only been to one and they beat the Colts. We're one and zero in the <laughs> Super Bowl, say, so we got that going. Then why'd you say regular season play as if well, they're going to meet in the because playoffs? Because they meet in the preseason every year. Oh, okay. We're, I didn't know they kept tabs on preseason. Oh wait, the Baltimore Ravens acted like that <laughs> streak mattered. <laughs> so, so it's not going to be the Jets. I'm going to say no, just <laughs> from history. <laughs> And me being a Jets fan in general, um, I like the way that they played against the Broncos last week. Um, maybe Zach Wilson can turn into Mark Sanchez, where as long as you don't do enough to mess up the game, the defense is good enough to where they might carry you by. Um, and if they can get to, if they can somehow pull this off against the Eagles, they'll be three and three, which is where I was hoping they would be going into the bye week, even when they had Aaron Rodgers. I said if they could go three and three. In this first stretch of the season with that schedule, I'd be okay with that. Dave Pulaski, have a great call tonight. Ledford, Oak Grove. Hope you have the great environment and hope you get a close game. It's going to be awesome. I, I really I really think it's going to come down to the last minute. By the way, the last four meetings between these teams all decided by one possession. So th- that's a trend that we hope to continue. That's what we call a nugget that you might expect on the broadcast tonight on WSJS. 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 kick. That's Dave Pulaski. Yeah, 
I imagine this is what they're going to be jamming to at Bulls Tavern like five hours from now. Feels good on a Friday. Darren Vott's in studio. Get goosebumps when I see the videos of Phillies fans belting this out like they did last <laughs> night after taking out the Atlanta Braves. The main event, Darren Vaught is with us here. We've had a few other play-by-play announcers on the show. Dave Pulaski, voice of our high school football game of the week. Darren Vaught, new voice of ECU basketball. We could get to that in a second. So you mostly do in college sports. And then who was the third guy on this? Uh, oh, yeah, Kevin Harlan, voice of uh, NBA on TNT. I'm glad to hear that. He and I actually, I caught up with him for like 30 minutes on the phone the other day. He told us. Did he? Very oh, happy, yeah. very happy for Darren Vaught. Kevin's my guy. We are, and we can get to that in a bit. But speaking of dancing on my own in the Phillies, not just because I'm a Salty Oriole fan. <laughs> so salty. I'm of the belief baseball has a problem with this postseason format because 100 games needs to mean something. It needs, we don't need five of the eight division winners with buys not making it to LCS the last two years. Are you a believer, especially when you look at how the hitting seems to drop off after missing so much time that there is a problem here? No. Thank you. Emphatically, no. Thank you, Darren. So this is all just a coincidence. It's less of a coincidence and more just how things go, Josh. I don't, I don't like teams have always emerged from the wild card spots. Like there hasn't in our even, lifetime, there hasn't even been a game five yet in this format. That's, Two years, there hasn't even been a game five out of these eight series. And you're going to tell me that's just a coincidence or that's just not uh, these teams that are amazing all throughout the year aren't even getting to game fives. That's a them problem. Look, like like the top five regular season records in Major League Baseball not advancing is one thing. That's a good thing, in your opinion. I hear people saying, I'm not oh, saying it's a good thing. I I'm just saying you're looking in the wrong place. I think it's bad for baseball for the same reason. I hear people say, we love the underdog. And we love March Madness around here. We love college basketball. Look what the lowest rated national championship game of all time is. It's Butler playing UConn. Look at the highest rated ones. Kansas playing North Carolina. All this talk of, we love an underdog. Until you get to a certain point. It's like American Idol. We love watching William Hung singing, you know, Rick Ricky Martin. Oh, she bangs! She bangs! Until you see him in the final five, until you see him in the final five, and you're like, why is this guy still here? That's like we love an underdog you're right, you're to a making certain a point. Huge, huge leap to call the Gordon Hayward Butler Bulldogs William Hung. I'm just gonna start. I'm with calling that. the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> William Hung, a team that won 84 games. Like, oh, but they're this the youngest in the field. This is something that always happens. We've literally never seen an LCS with two teams that had 90 wins or fewer playing each other in an LCS. That's literally never happened in baseball, which history. is also part of my point. Like it can't happen once. And then you claim it's a problem. That's not it. Like, you're looking in the wrong place. I, I think you can nitpick the playoff format, but there are other things that you should we should investigate while we're drumming up theories here. Like, the top five regular season records in the postseason not advancing to this point is one thing. And none them, of them can hit. Them going a combined 1-13 and 13 yeah. is a that's, – that's them getting walloped. Like, is an extra day – of of 
Or, or is moving the schedule up one day going to change that? They got smacked, Josh. Yeah. They, like, no, There's no changing that with a couple of days difference to me. I don't think so. And, and since, since this, not this format because we're two years in, but because of the wild card, you know, like the one-game playoff started in, what, 2012? Since then, the nine years that that has been a, a, a new, right? Five of those nine years – the top two seeds in the National League have not made it to the CS. This is it's what happens in baseball. I get it. You're a fan of a 100 win team for the first time. I really think you're being salty here. I think we do it in other sports. We we are open to the idea of this roster is constructed to be a good regular season team. Now this this is a good playoff team. Right, we do it in other sports. The teams like the Celtics, they picked up Drew Holiday. That is a that is a playoff team in the NBA. The Miami Heat, if we've ever seen it, the Heat is a great example of that. We resign to this is they're a regular season team. The Dodgers, I'm not, I am not going to make excuses for that's just what they do at this point is not make it to where they should based on how good of a team. I'll get off my soapbox then. Let's look at these LCS. Which LCS are you more excited to watch between the All-Texas Showdown between Houston and Texas or the Arizona Diamondbacks facing the Phillies? Uh, the, look, this is the seventh consecutive ALCS for the Astros. That They're a great team. They're fun to watch. That, to me, makes it a little more boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a believer in the Rangers, and they since have turned a massive corner. If they get Mad Max back. In the LCS, that's a big deal, obviously. Yeah. Bruce Bochy said yesterday, if he comes back, he will be a starter. Yeah. And and I'm glad you mentioned Bochy. Bochy's sort of like a Dusty Baker type story, whereas I was really happy for for Dusty to to get the World Series with with the Astros. Um, I would be ecstatic for Bruce Bochy. He's just good for the game. He's been around a long time. He he is a solid guy. Um, That said, I like the NL Series. Like, dude, the Diamondbacks came in, youngest team in the field. They've played great. And the Phillies are just the most exciting thing in the playoffs right now. Yeah. They're just, like, it's unreal. They're playing country songs in the locker room, like Dixieland Delight, a song I can't say the title to right now, but if you know the song, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. How about we transition things to unusual questions? Last week, guys, everybody made it out that I got mad at Josh and I left the press conference. That's not right. I thought it was an unusual question, and it's okay. It's time for Unusual Questions with Josh Graham. And since I've forgotten to do this up until this point, let's get weird real quick. First person to call WD right now at 336-777-1600 gets tickets to see a perfect circle in Raleigh next April and gets a pair of tickets to the Renaissance Festival, which is going on right now and will be going on for the next month. I think in Mooresville? Huntersville, I Huntersville. think. Huntersville. Have you, you guys ever been to a Renaissance Fair? No. no. I've heard about Something it. Something of the sort. Right. 336-777-1600. You get a pair of tickets to both those things. The first person to call right now. This is not my unusual question, but I, I just, I'm always reminded of uh, the cable guy with uh, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Steven. Oh, Steven. Like, because they do the Renaissance Fair, and he gets them the, the little showdown where they. So I've never been to one. That's my impression of one. I'm on the fence as to whether or not I would want to go or enjoy it. But this sounds like a blast. I'm going to steal a question from WD. I don't know this is WD's question, but I just know 
it probably is WD's <laughs> question. Okay. It's something I've been talking about and thinking about all week long. Al Michaels has been a bit curmudgeon-y. Oh. Last night, he's talking about sideshows with Taylor Swift and not wanting to pan over there, even as the game was terrible, 19-8. to But he made national news in recent weeks when interviewed by Chris Wallace, and apparently he's said this over the years many times as well and has become proud of it, that he's never had a vegetable. It's he says so... he's never had a vegetable. It's, it's gotten to the point where he is now indignant that you don't need vegetables in order to survive and live between <laughs> 75, 80 years old. So happy you went here. If you had to go without fruits or vegetables for the rest of your life, one or the other, which do you cut out? Uh, probably fruit. Probably fruit. I love fruit, but I just in terms of what's necessary, mm. give, I, you know, I like vegetables too. I can get some some simple sugars from things other than other than fruit. I think I like fruits more than vegetables, but my wife, my wife, loves vegetables more than fruits. So I think because she does a lot of cooking and meals involving vegetables, I feel like I'm gonna need. This is me thinking and being a good husband. <laughs> I'm gonna cut out fruits. And yeah. instead, will are we have vegetables the rest look, of the way? Look, dude, you're here every day. Are we? Are we just going to ignore the way he's saying the word vegetables? No, we're not vegetables. <laughs> you guys, vehicle. <laughs> every time you say vehicle, vegetables. What is a fight? What is a vegetable? A vegetable, like I'm, a vestibule, like like a <laughs> like a place where you, you like vegetable. I knew Darren would hear this and it's point it out. Vegetable. But. No one vegetable. 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 I the G G has never made that sound. Ever. Fraud insurance. <laughs> Frog insurance. Fraud insurance. Vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a commercial. Vegetable. Vegetable. <laughs> Where's the You're doing it, it on purpose. There's no way you're this serious. Is what I it's say. like the family guy cool whip bit. <laughs> Vegetable, that's what I say. I've been saying it my entire life. Vegetable, is that what I'm supposed to say? Yeah, because that's what makes it is. the jaw sound. <laughs> Vegetable. You're ridiculous. No one's ever called me on this ever in my life. They should. So you get it. that's yeah, that's, I will that's eat what vegetables the rest of my life, but <laughs> perhaps I might pronounce it incorrectly the rest of my life too. What do you get? Is it a veshi for short? Veshi? Veggie tails. No, you're that saying sound. it right. There, you go. there we go. You got it. You're saying it right now. Somebody ask an unusual question uh. before my head explodes. <laughs> Darren, you got one or a... All right, so it's Friday the 13th. That's true. Darn right it is. In October, to boot, uh -huh. you guys uh, superstitious about anything? I don't know that we've ever had this conversation. No. I'm not. I don't get scared like that. Except no. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking someone's in the house about <laughs> once or twice a month. He does do this. He, this is, I get out of bed. Consistent. I stand near the window. Something happens. Peek, he, he peeks out the blinds. It's the most I, narcissistic thing ever that I think that somebody cares enough somebody's to break into my me. house. Somebody's yeah. after me. But it's the middle of the night. It's two in the morning. It's a Tar Heel fan, probably. Josh's major, major main character yeah. syndrome. At the beginning, at the beginning of this year, we had that issue with our tower and people, the FBI was looking into it and all right. that. And we had the conversation, which fan base would be most likely to get so mad at Josh that they'd commit a federal crime. 
I don't think we found an answer on that, but yeah. probably Tar Heel fans. Probably. Love it. My, I'm not superstitious, but my... Uh, uh, but I'm a little stitious. My, my father is, like, crazy. So he, when he was a teenager, used another kid's crutches at school, right? And they say that this is a thing. You can't use another person's crutches if they're actually hurt because then you will get hurt. That That's just, like, the way... You can use other people's verbal crutches, though, all the time. Yeah, I mean, physical crutches. Like, you tuck them under your armpits and you, you catapult aware. yourself around the hallways at school very awkwardly. Anyways, he did that. Anyway, great verbal crutch. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, a couple of days later, he fell out of a barn and had to have, like, metal put into his leg. My my dad's got a metal femur because of this, and he swears it's because he, he used the kid's crutches. Oh, so, wow. so, like, you can't walk under a ladder with him. He sees a black cat. His day is over. I need he's, to know WD's He's going into this. bed. I'm not really at superstitious. Now, we don't cross bats. We don't cross bats, do we, Darren? Sh- sure. In the I'll, I'll allow it. Split yeah, pulls. That's, fine. that's a thing for Sarah Bradford. Uh, you don't, like, you don't step on the foul line if you're on a baseball field. Yeah, but like if I did, don't by step accident, on the logo in the locker room. It's not the end of the world, right? That That's a big like thing I'm down on I'm, I'm at field level a lot, and like instinctively, I'll just step over a line. But if I step on it, I'm not. <gasps> what's My your logo. What's your unusual question, WD? If you could create a new holiday, what would it be? Day what? after the Super Bowl. I'm with you on that. How however, original. however, if the NFL said schedule expands to 18, which a lot of people think it's going to with uh, the CBA. The Super Bowl will be the day before President's Day, oh. which means we might actually see that happen in President's Day. Just so happens to be the day that everybody takes off and becomes that national Dude, holiday because the, it's the, the day after the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what: the second that that happens, you're gonna get that Monday as a, a national holiday, I rem- right? Because yeah, people are gonna get 100%. used to it or whatever, or they're gonna have it and see how nice it is, mm-hmm. and then it'll be just like an upheaval. I remember the next asking year. the former governor of the state of North Carolina. Uh, who was it? It was um, Pat McCrory. I remember asking him, would he consider this? And he looked at me like I was so stupid. He's like, no. <laughs> what? The day after the Super Bowl? Like, not even jokingly. Like, oh, no. That's what, so dumb. I bet, I bet our guy Roy Cooper would. He'd consider yeah, it. Absolutely. Next Big time. Sports See, fan. I, have Big two, sports fan. I have two answers to this. One or the other. I would either do daylight savings time. That day should be a holiday that we all get off and enjoy the day. Or the first day of the season's. What? Yeah. What's what season? Hold on, all like, of them. Like all of them. Like first, sp- spring, summer. Yeah, all of the them. The first day of each. Oh, I thought season. you were talking sports, like opening day. We <laughs> all mean, have the day that off. Could. No, no that's if we good. don't get the Super Bowl, we're not going to get opening day. But yeah, like the first day of fall, winter, summer, spring to enjoy the day, kick off the season. Why daylight saving? Because that shouldn't exist anyway. It, no. It should, but if it has to, we, we should make it a holiday. We should be done. We, we that's what we should do. We should take the 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 changing of the clock, nix that, and just give everybody the day off instead. <laughs> like why worry about it? That's been unusual questions. But Darren Vaught Good here, thinking. new voice of ECU basketball. But you need to make something clear to the people. That I doesn't do, mean do, that I you're do. not going to be calling high point games this year. So yeah, wacky circumstances. There is surprisingly little overlap between ECU's men's basketball schedule and High Point's home 
men's basketball schedule. How much purple's in your closet? Uh, enough. Although I assume I'm going to get some gear. Yeah. So like a lot of purple. I, there will be more. There col- will be color more. Palette. So yeah. To that, that. So to your point, I am effectively, and this is where it gets weird. I am effectively going to be the voice of two men's basketball programs. What up this season? There's context because I don't travel with High Point, but I, like I'm doing coaches shows and stuff like that, and all their home games are. There most might of their not home be games. anybody in America that calls more college basketball than there, Darren Vaughn. There might. I've got ACC games too. I've got like a, I've got a couple of women's games already on my schedule. So like there literally might not be. I don't know. The only guy more busy than you might be Kevin Harlan, who was with us earlier. He's got Spurs tonight on TNT preseason basketball. He's got the Panthers Sunday, and then he's got Monday Night Football. I thought it would be a light schedule. He's like, I got about 10 minutes I could call you in between talking to Wimby and talking to whomever. <laughs> that's Dude, that's that's the way he, when he and I catch up, it's it's just like spur of the moment. He's like, hey, I got a few minutes in, in case you're not busy. Not a joke. It is. He has a few minutes, and that's it. That's how he has to plan his life. What do we got? Take it to the house on this Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. If you live in Bridgeport, Connecticut, you might live next to an axe murderer. I've been to Bridgeport, Connecticut. If you live anywhere, you might live ne- That's fair. next to an ex-murderer. Next. I've been walking these Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. An abbreviated ticket to the house. Because Darren Vought could be a bit long-winded. It's true. Darren, you feel uncomfortable getting the words to this right? I'm just, I'm here to vibe. Okay. I've just figured it out. Like I'm just vibing. That's right. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast channel. Thanks to Kevin Harlan and Dave Pulaski and Darren Bott for being here on today's show. Before we take it to the house, we sing it and we belt it out. Shout out to the folks in Boone who came up to me at the App State game and said, I love it when you sing Glenn Campbell. Sometimes I even cry when you sing. Stop. Thanks. Here we go. Not a joke that happened. Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse at a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know We don't know them And offers coming over the phone Let's take it to the house, why don't we? The only show in America to finish on Fridays with Glenn Campbell and a trick daddy. One-two punch. And Stan Cotton. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Side of the Behegan Sun. A man. Casino. <laughs> it's true. A man is being released. After spending 10 years in a psychiatric hospital because he killed a man with an axe and ate his brain and eyeball. Yeah. I think it's actually like common practice for people in medicine that have to like go into like know what it's like to work in the psych ward. Uh-huh. I, I say yeah. that as someone who's married to someone in the profession and there's some interesting stories. Yeah, I think there's like I think there's like a psych rotation that's required for for like PA students. Yeah. My, my my wife. Your wife, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there, there are stories that come out of that that I won't share here. Well, apparently this guy was sentenced to 60 years, but I guess because he had good behavior for 10 of those, they're letting him out. Look, man, like, I guess, like, in, 
in theory, that's what the psych ward's for. Like, that they're letting him out. That's, that's good it. news. That's Great. it working. Shout out. Hey, the man's eyeball. Shout out psych wards. Darren, thanks Brains. for being here, buddy. Have a great weekend. You guys, too. We'll see you. ACC baseball, et cetera. You know Darren. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be at Carolina-Miami tomorrow. Not the Panthers-Carolina-Miami, the college-Carolina-Miami. And then we'll talk to you on a Monday drive.